ladies and gents, it's been a while coming, but I finally have my man Adam Stock still to talk. Best man speech podcast style. Really excited and even better in studio. Bonus, his wife Heather's here too. Hey guys. So really excited to have them both in studio. I think it's the first time in the home studio here in Charlotte, North Kakalaki. I've had two people in studio at once with me. Filibuster Freestyle. We kicked the crack research team out. They're not here tonight. But the rest of us are. So just to reset the stage, and you can check the website, filibusterfreestyle.com. I'm doing my brother's best man speech. Now T-minus less than a month away. Galway, Ireland. It's my second crack at the apple, to use a mixed metaphor. Um, the first one, I'm not going to say I mailed in. I was just young. My cousin Mike, I have two cousin Mikes. My first cousin Mike to get married, doesn't have a brother. My brother, myself, and we have one other male cousin on that side. We're the only choices. I feel like I won kind of the one, I, you know, the one I man is the king of the blind. I won that one. And uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say I mailed it in, but I'm glad I get a do-over. Mm-hmm. Now it's six, 16 years later. I'm an older guy, etc. So I've been doing this little mini series, talking to friends. We've done best man speeches, do's, don'ts, funny stories, disasters, and it's nice that Heather's here because this happens on the bridal side too. Mm-hmm. This happens with maid of honor speeches. In fact, sometimes it happens with like night before parents, friends pass the mic. Good things happen, bad things happen. So anyway, that's what the Best Man Speech Podcast is all about from the freestyle. But Adam's a four-time best man. Yes. Different stages of your life. Lots of different stages, yeah. So we're going to get into that. And let's just go through it right now. I'm not going to name any names, but you did your high school best friend. Yeah, right. not long after college. So, so I was pretty young. 24 or 5, maybe. Yeah. So young 20s, that's where I was when I did my first one. My only one thus far. You did your college roommates. Yes. How, how much after was that? I was probably 28, 29 then. Yeah. By the way, a big difference in maturity, especially yeah. in males. Oh, for sure. From 24 yeah. to 28. So, so I want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Then you did your stepbrother, Drew. Yep. I did that early... 30s and then and then the legend Andrew Andrew Countryman yes of Countryman Law Firm they're a sponsor of the podcast unofficial sponsor of the week out of Mount Pleasant <laughs> South Carolina yes, correct uh, I did that in like my mid 30s so actually right not long after I met my now wife so so you basically and this and you're when we're the same age yeah so you basically gave uh, a best man speech when I gave one and mm-hmm. it had Three more cracks at it. Mm-hmm. So who better to talk through process planning, <laughs> goods, bads, and uglies than a guy who's been doing it since he was 24. Every, yeah. You're at the Olympics. You come every four yeah. years. Yeah. You give a speech. Yeah. Hopefully you win a gold medal. And if you don't, you know, it lives in infamy forever. <laughs> it's no big deal. So let's, let's start at the beginning. For high school friend. Mm-hmm. Comes out of nowhere. Because you you're from Texas. Yeah. We talked about that last podcast. Yeah. We, we know. Play. Texas high school football. <laughs> We talked also about ACC football teams yeah. and their equivalents and all that good stuff. So, you're living in North Carolina then? You're living in Texas? Yeah, I lived. I lived in Charlotte, and uh, my best friend from childhood and and high school got married right out of right out of college, and he asked me to be his best man. So I went and flew back to wonderful Abilene, Texas, and I was his best man. So. Yeah. How prepared were you for that relative to other Well, you're right. It's just like you. I mean, it's a huge, like, 
shock to the system like this is real life. My friends are getting married and stuff now, so it's a big responsibility to be the best man. So um, I actually thought outside the box, and I wrote a poem mm. uh, instead of giving the standard best man speech. So since I'd known him for so long, I, r- I wrote a poem that was... Uh, <laughs> It rhymed. It That's a poem. It was right there, a, off the bat. It was. It wasn't a haiku or iambic pentameter or whatever, but it uh, it did rhyme loosely. But I pretty much made fun of him. Fair. Ro- roasted him tastefully, if you will, and then they got to the point where he met his uh, wife, and then sort of closed it sweetly. So yeah. I feel like so that's... I wrote a poem, and, it, and in West Texas, where poetry is not a big deal, <laughs> uh, this came, it went across very well. Right. So. I, I can see the audience being like, he rhymed those words and everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he can spell. So <laughs> That boy's a good speller. Yeah, exactly. So As the that, entire that, Abilene continues, yeah. now turns their podcast yeah, off. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Abilene. So. Adam's a native. He can say it. Yeah. I took exactly. liberties. I'm sorry. Yeah. So would you, I think you hit on the number one rule, and I like to try to like, Break it down, not only say it to myself for my own subconscious, but also if anybody actually is listening to this, hoping they can get some tips. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you're going to make fun of anybody, <laughs> it's the groom. Yeah. Heather, you've been a bride. 100% agree with that? Oh, yeah. For sure. Have you ever been at a wedding when people were going after the bride? Actually, I have not. Fortunately, Good. yeah. That's- fortunately, they've all kept it with the guy. It ends up kind of being more of like his, you know college brothers growing up roasting so yeah that's fair the roasting should be on the groom only and then yeah end it sweetly and yeah so i mean i i roasted him but it was it was tasteful i wasn't like being cruel yeah anyway. i mean you made it a poem. Uh, it was it was it was subtle <laughs> digs at, at him and then i brought it all together and so yeah that's fantastic so what did you take from that going into the college roommate wedding? Anything or completely well, new, like a rebuild, scrap it, start from I, zero? I remember, so by that time in, in my career, uh, I actually do a lot of public speaking. Um, not like, you know, motivational speaking or anything, but in, in like a marketing client service role. And so my ability to speak in, in a public setting had had increased exponentially right. since I was in my early twenties and stuff. A lot and of reps. So, yeah, I had a lot of reps. And so, um, <laughs> leading into that wedding in, in, uh, where was it? Clear. It wasn't in Clearwater, but near there, uh, the wherever Gulf the, coast of Florida. Yeah. Tampa. It was beautiful. That pink, what's that pink resort called there? Same. It was in St. Pete. It was in St. Pete. Okay. So, um, we're at this nice resort, whatever. I don't remember why, whether it was work or whatever else, but I honestly hadn't prepared, uh, very well and it kind of snuck up on me and so by that time I'm like okay I'm going to give a speech and what I had learned from being to other people's weddings family friends whatever is no offense to people that do this but in my experience whether it's professionally or at a you know a best man speech is the people that get up there and just read like read the speech or read their presentation from a PowerPoint is just you lose them within 30 seconds right yeah. So I basically on the flight there wrote on on like note cards like five or six bullet points. Like themes, right? Yeah. And then I just got up when they called my name and I just I looked at the card and I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I just spoke because like he's my best friend from yeah. you know in college for four years. 
You've got and, the material. It's all yeah. So I basically just spoke straight from from the heart, and I didn't have some set thing that I was going to say, and I just spoke about each thing, and then that was it. And it, and I think it was well received. You can ask Brian, but I think it, I think it went over well. So that was that was my first off the cuff after the poem, right? Which I spent a lot of time on. I went to sort of the off the cuff method and it, it went it went pretty well but again you were kind of one evolving as like a speaker in your career yeah you were evolving also just you know again maturing maturing as a speaker as a person yeah. but also like high school friend they typically yeah. don't get married I mean in this case he he didn't get married in high school no or right after high school no. right to college so it's also a little bit of distance between you know your college friends just kind of it's kind of like just sticks on you longer yeah. it's like College friendships like really just stick to your bones yeah. because you're living on your own. Mm. There's just no supervision. Mm. You know, you kind of police yourself, so you, for good, bad, or worse. So those stories endure. You probably can off the cuff it more. Mm. Um, so that takes us into another really great friend of yours, or teammate of yours. Oh, sorry, well, no, I skipped your brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then so I did, your brother. So so you're, I don't know four, five, six years later after that. Then I then I was honored my stepbrother and I are very close in fact I don't even like calling him my stepbrother I mean he's my brother right he thinks of me the same way and so he invited me obviously to his wedding and he asked me to be his best man and that was a a huge honor and so um I gave his speech and and I did it similar to to Brian's I basically had four you know he's my brother you know I've been around him since he was five yeah so it was the same thing I had four or five bullet points I got up and I just talked to, to, to the crowd and just uh, said what I wanted to say and about him and his relationship with his now wife and him as a person. And, you know, it, it, I mean, the best advice I can give is, is to literally don't have some script. Yeah. <laughs> literally speak from the heart because people will know that it's coming straight from your heart. And it's obviously with your brother. It will just flow. Shouldn't you know, be hard, you just, right? No. Just, just have three or four things because you may go off on some tangent. If, if you stick to three or four things, then then you can stick to that and, and it will go across really well. Yeah. that To me, it seems like that's where you want to be is like have an idea what you want to say. Know that you're probably going to go off the, ra- the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. But don't have so much material that when you get back on track – Everybody's like, really? This guy yeah. still? Yeah. Because exactly. that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing is keep it, keep it fairly – Short because I've been through plenty of weddings where the person set up there with a script and it was like, when is this going to end? And it just goes <laughs> right. on and on. And whether it be a, a groom, or excuse me, a, a best man, a maid of honor. No offense, honey, but it's typically the maid of honors that go on for forever reading from a script. I think I'm mine, not talking about you. I'm no, just talking about. I was going to say I think mine did awesome, and they were not long winded at all. So. I'm just talking about in all the weddings that I've been. Yeah. Right, I was at your wedding. Crying, a lot of crying. Yeah, and I understand it's a very emotional thing, but there, uh, <laughs> there was one wedding I went to down here in Charlotte on New Year's Eve, where the best man was very good, and there was this is the, this is the real kiss of death when there were two. Mm. Maids of honor oh, and, and or two best men. Like Ugh. if there's two best men, no, you have no best man. It's like having yeah. two quarterbacks. Yeah. You have none. Yeah, you, you have two maid of honors. You have no maid of honors mm-hmm. because already it's too many cooks in the kitchen by letting somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. usually speak speak. But give me two, and it's problems. So the one I went to in Charlotte, um, New Year's Eve, these two girls were friends of the woman getting married, and. They decided to ask for her permission to make a weird joke 
um, about the way dogs have coitus to keep it clean. <laughs> they asked for permission to tell the joke at the very end of their long-winded speech in front of all of us. Oh, no. So, of course, it became immediately unfunny and weird. But also, of course, the brat had to be like, okay, go ahead. And it fell on absolute. Like, just they had no plan. They read from their, yeah. their shaking hand speech. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was because they, they were... They were the maids of honor versus the best man, but sure. because there was two of them, it made it, it exacerbated the situation. Well, the other thing you have to think of is that everybody's waiting for you to finish so they can continue drinking. Correct. So you have to keep that in mind Correct. too. So, so keep keep the the time down. Right. And so let's get into actually before we get into the, your last ones here. Yeah. You've been to a couple ones where there's a sanctimonious groomsman or best man speech, and yeah. it's all about them. Let's number one disclaimer: it's not about you, no. best man. Or yeah. maid of honor, or father of the bride. It's not, or mother, whoever. Unless you're getting married that day, it's not about you. That's correct. So, so give me some examples. Give well, <laughs> there's one specific individual that should not be named here. It was a friend, but uh, <laughs> wow, uh, he's been either a best man or a groomsman, or not even in the wedding party. And he's a talker like I am, but um, he has a uh, well. Uh, well-established history of hijacking <laughs> wedding speeches or... That's like a whole other podcast. Yeah. But like, he, he, he basically <laughs> has told the same story at every wedding for the past 10 years and it starts out about his personal transformation and his weight loss and his path towards being healthier than he used to be, which is great. Everybody's all about that. I mean, everybody's happy for him, whatever. Good for you, man. But then he mixes in the groom and how he had some tangential impact. Role in his getting healthier? Correct. Okay. And that's his speech. It's basically about him, and he just throws in the groom. To tie it all together. To tie it all together. (laughs) And so it's become a running joke among a lot of our friends is that don't let him hijack the mic at the wedding because he will make it all about him uh, under the guise of talking about the groom. And also back to your point, everybody's just waiting for the speeches to end to go back to the drinking and the dancing. Yeah. And maybe the eating. And so if you aren't the best man and nobody asks you to speak before the wedding started, then don't. It's not a good time to decide it's your time. Well, that has happened before. He has grabbed the mic unsolicited and given the same speech he's given every other time. So it's... So so that's rule number two. That's number one. Do not do that. Like, don't make fun of the bride. More than... Yeah, more than don't make fun of the bride. More than reading from a script, do not... That is the number one thing. Do not do that. Don't hijack the mic. Yeah. And don't tell the same... And if you're going to hijack the mic... (laughs) Have a new routine. Yeah. Have new material. Exactly. Right? Like, don't say this. Because, to your point, most of the weddings we go to in our lives, we go to some similar concentric circle with the same people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't go to 50 weddings in a lifetime with 50 different audiences. I'm probably looking at, like, 10 different audiences. <laughs> which means a lot of people have heard the dumb weight loss speech. Yeah. And it wasn't dumb the first time. No. But it's definitely dumb the yeah. seventh time. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So let's get back to you. Is the second poem you wrote, The Countryman Wedding? Yeah, that was the, that was the most recent one that well, I did. So we so went back he, to the poem, bookending. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, started with a, so I thought about this. I said, you know, I want to write another poem. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been like 20 years. I'll write another poem and see how it goes. So um, Andy is 
uh, you know, Brian is is you know my best friend too. Yeah, he was one of my groomsmen in Heather and I's wedding, and so was Andy and fifty other guys. But um, but anyway, Andy and I've been really good friends for a long time, and he uh, he he's just like me, easy to make fun of. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> I decided to write a poem about him and tease him as well. But I love his now wife. Oh yeah, uh, she's great. Very much, and so I thought that I would kind of rip on him tastefully uh, for a while, and then bring it all together about when he met Suze and what that you know what that ended up becoming. And so I did that in Charleston. I gave that I, I, I read that poem. But the the problem is is because I do love Andy and his wife so much is that embarrassingly enough, just like some of the bridesmaids we talked about at the very end i mean i, I was crushing it i mean i the, the the audience was a palm in my hands like <laughs> laughing at every every end of the every sentence of the poem and then i got to the end and then i like choked up oh, and man. like i was like don't 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 and i couldn't couldn't stop it. i couldn't i was like i teared, was rolling. I teared up and i had to like pause mm. and then, then then people started like hazing me and i was like because because you know I was getting emotional about my other meathead buddy, you know, right. and so Got pretty it. pretty embarrassing. But um, but I ended up getting through it. But yeah, I did I did choke up at the end. But it's because out of love. So. I think that's maturity. That's being in touch. Yeah, with exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. Stuff means more now than it right. did when I was twenty something. So I, I didn't I didn't tear up at the first one. Do you but. think the poem piece was either? The pathway to that, or do you think the poem piece was to try to avoid that? And it, I think it was, you. so I could I could stick to my script, and so so, you know, I'm going against my own advice. My own advice is I did have a script, but it, it's a poem, and it's one different. It's one page long, yeah. right? It's not like flipping over, yeah, you know, exactly, shuffling papers, <laughs> yeah. sound effects, and, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know, you don't want any of that crap. No, I mean, and then I knew it most of it by heart anyway, so it was just to make sure that I didn't miss a stanza. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to miss a stanza. Yeah, man. exactly. Can't miss a stanza. Miss but, a stanza, the poem's over. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was the most recent one I did, and then I did one more that that was not in the the vein that I already spoke about, but at, at another buddy's right. wedding, Graham's, I. Uh, I wasn't a groom, or excuse me, I was a groomsman, but I wasn't the best man. But it was the rehearsal dinner, and they kind of asked anybody who wanted to say stand something. up and say something. Sure. And everybody was at the table told me to stand up and say something, so I did. And so, but this was the the least prepared that I had been. I had no bullet points. I had no. It was totally off the cuff. Totally off the cuff. And right. I got up and I I said something, and I, I mean Heather was there. Hopefully it wasn't horrible, but uh, anyway, nothing's yeah. tougher. Than being asked to do something in the moment, mm-hmm. especially when you weren't thinking about it. Like sometimes you're like, maybe they'll ask me to no, talk. I really wasn't. But you really weren't. And so, to your point, I think to back to the point is, if you've been charged with writing the speech, mm-hmm. have bullet points or write a poem or whatever it is, be yourself. It's our buddy Abe Waterslassy told me that mm-hmm. last time he was on. I said, just like if you're not like the funny guy, don't. Just to don't be don't, you're not Seinfeld tonight because you're the best man. <laughs> like you're not like just be you. And if you're whatever, if you are, then great and, yeah. and go to go to that. You know, but essentially, if you weren't asked to speak and you don't have your thoughts in order and you weren't planning on speaking and you probably were like, oh, there's free booze and like free cheese plates here, mm-hmm. you're probably either in a food coma or too buzzed mm-hmm. to do a good job anyway. Unless you like, I don't know. I, I think it's an impossible job. Yeah, but but to your point though, as far as the timeline of maturity though, by then I was what thirty six, thirty seven, thirty whatever I was. Yeah. But point is, by then 
I mean, just like you, you speak in front of people all the time. Sure. Like, I, the fear of getting up and talking to a bunch in front of a bunch of although a lot of these people were my friends, a lot of them I didn't know. I'd lost. It doesn't terrify. That me part's anymore. not a thing. Yeah. It does. It's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Plus, I, I don't know how many drinks deep I was. So I, my fear was was gone. At Liquid that point. courage. Was yeah, exactly. So I just charge. got up and I talked. But once again, I just spoke from the heart and. That was that was that, right. and I think that's rule three and a half and four, which is or three and four, which is, you know, be you, do you, and speak from the heart, and you mm-hmm. got a shot. So, let's definitely, and I, I don't know if Heather's got anything or not in terms of this. I don't want to put her on the spot, but can you think of either good or terrible moments in either best man speech or maid of honor speech history in in your world? Because you've never been. Uh, a maid of honor to this point, correct? No, I haven't. Uh, you know, always a bridesmaid. Plenty of bridesmaid dresses. Yes. Um, 27 dresses? 27 dresses, yes. And Artificial <laughs> movie sponsor of the week. <laughs> Get it on Betamax. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I can I can really say that I have not heard a terrible speech. I do agree, you know, long-winded is where you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, I should have gotten a drink before the speeches started. Yes. Or, gone to, um, or gone to the restaurant. Or gone, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the big one. The I don't want to be rude, but... No. Um, and I think it's different if it's siblings, you know. I mean, there's going to be like some more inside stuff there that the audience isn't going to be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay, but definitely you're going to... It's still an audience. You're, you need to make sure you're capturing them with your speech. I think that's a good, like, fifth pointer from this pod, guys, is, like, you got to know the room. So when Adam was talking about he had the room at Countryman's wedding, palm of his hand, well, number one, he knew a lot of people in the room. Mm -hmm. Two, he had a wedding, sorry, a a script and a poem for the wedding that probably the jokes or the things about Andy, Mm -hmm. most of the room got. Most did. And so you're not leaving people behind or leaving out of, like, a sibling joke or, like, a in our college apartment joke yeah. versus... I mean, if you're going to do that, you need to do that at the rehearsal dinner. Right. Not That's the, the inside day of the wedding. Stuff. Yeah. For sure. Or it's a smaller a smaller group. But if it's in front of everybody, you need to keep it pretty more general. No doubt. So. No doubt. Now, I saw... Because uh, I've seen some crash and burns, a few. But I, I told this before in one of these pods, but I went to a wedding out west in the last year or so, maybe the last two years, just to keep it a little bit. And... Made of Honor speech was the greatest thing I've heard in my life. That's good. Because it wove between absolute despair <laughs> and amazing comedy. And it was completely unintentional the whole way through. <laughs> and I think it was like a 15-minute speech, and I enjoyed every single second of it. That's You're good. You were like captivated the whole time. I, was, so much I was, because I was just so scared of like where it could go. <laughs> and, you know... We were actually at altitude. We were in the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was like being mile high plus and just being like a little lightheaded off the bat. Plus cocktail hour, you know, like a glass mm-hmm. of wine. It's like having six glasses of wine here at sea level. But I was just like, I don't know if this is good, mm-hmm. but I can't take my eyes off it. <laughs> so, but I can't give people advice on how to do that. I feel mm-hmm. like that was just, you got, you got a human mm-hmm. being who was riding the, riding the train and... I'm sure some of the audience didn't get what I got out of it, yeah. but I just want to say, sometimes you're speaking to an audience of one, and it's just some guy who's a plus one, <laughs> but as long as one person liked it, I guess at the end of the day, yeah. it's not a complete failure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. I got a couple, maybe other couple questions here. Any other do's or don'ts or advice for people than things we've covered? Well, we already said it, but it, 
I just was thinking about we were talking is about reading is I, I have a, uh, a co-worker who's a little older. He, he, I give him a lot of my tickets when I can't come to Cats games. He's, okay. He's become a huge Cats fan. But he his daughter got married, so he invited the entire investment team in my company to the conference room, and he he gave his best man speech. Mm. Or, excuse me, his father's father bride speech. Yeah. And it was so painful. I mean, it was the most painful thing I've ever listened to. And, and, and mind you, it's not knocking his love for his daughter or the special no. of the moment, but it was like verbatim just line by line like reading it and it went on and on and on and on and it it, so the best advice once again is that if you can do not read from a script because if you really are up for the moment even if you're not a speaker you care about this person which you clearly do if you're asked to be the best man or the maid of honor speak from the heart and you will get your point across and it'll be a lot less authentic than, oh, gosh, I forgot this sentence. I need to go back in my notes. Like, just talk. Right. And uh, that that's what – that's, that's the best true. advice I can give. That's super true. I mean, actually, I, I officiated a wedding once. Really? Yeah. And Are you ordained? No. Oh, okay. You got a one-day license from the Commonwealth of okay. Massachusetts. Okay, Awesome. And uh, I used it. I, I, we were joking that I could marry anybody that day. So if anybody else wanted to jump in and get sloppy seconds, I could do it. That's great. But, um, you know, you plan on kind of like you sit down with the couple and they tell you what they don't want and what they do want and the readings they want. But then all of a sudden you, you realize I can't bring all these pieces of paper they've sent me via mm-hmm. email up with me to a, like a non-altar. Like I don't even have a... Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying anybody should use an altar as a desk anyway. Mm-hmm. My point is, I didn't have one. So I had to go buy a little like a notebook at CVS. And then I had to like put it in there to a point where I got what they wanted, but I wasn't like in the book. Yes. Like a complete dink. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and so anyway, that's hard. So, but like you got to basically say, well, they, they chose me for a reason and I can't have it be because I was the least worst at it. Like, yes. You got to try to bring it. And again, not make it about you, but just look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's probably my advice is just look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, because, I mean, everybody's looking at you, which I know can be intimidating. It can be a little intimidating for sure. But if, you're, if your head is buried in a piece of paper, it just you lose everybody immediately. You it's, mean, it's that whole fake it till you make it. I yeah. have a cousin who he got married and his bride-to-be was like, oh, I want you to do a reading. And I'm like, oh, can you send it to me? Can you send it to me ahead of time? Right. And, you know, of course, that didn't work out. And so... Literally five minutes before they were walking down the aisle, she's like, oh, here's the piece of paper. And so I'm just like in my mind, you know, going over it. So I'm pausing at the right places. And but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to roll it off the cuff. Even if you're reading from a piece of paper they want you to read from, if you're doing a reading, just, you know, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. That's number seven right there in my unofficial yeah. count. I've lost, lost fingers to count on. <laughs> Have there any last takeaways or like... Do's or don'ts we haven't covered or any advice for those out there looking to give a speech? I honestly I think I think y'all covered all of it, but short and sweet is always the way to go. Yeah. You know, make sure you get that glass of wine in before you go up there. That's the one thing that other people have said too is there's and this is like any type of social drinking yeah. effectively. Or golf. Yeah. yeah or yeah. golf or yeah. playing billiards or yeah. darts. Yes. Or any skill game that you don't do enough. To be good at Stone Cold Sober, but you certainly won't be good at if you're 
hammered. Hammered. And so yeah, there's, a there's a sweet, sweet spot. spot. And you, you got to find it. Mm-hmm, you got to time your speech with the sweet spot, mm-hmm. which I would say for most people means no hard liquor till the speech is over. Yes. Because no. the hardest thing to regulate is the timing yes. at which hard liquor gives you the old Boom! Hurricane! You want, you want to oil the wheel and not have the uh, nuts and bolts fall off. Oh, look at that. That's yeah. how you're analogy. Right there. Yeah. Heather nailed it. Stuck the landing. She did. So we'll have these guys back on, but this is a long-awaited, multi- quadruple best man veteran <laughs> speech giver and Adam. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, if you're out there and you've done it before and you didn't do well, maybe you, maybe the wheels did, maybe the nuts and bolts did fall <laughs> off. Uh, get back on the horse, try again. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done one, just be yourself. Don't read. Mm-hmm. Don't get too drunk. Don't make it about yourself. Short speech. Definitely don't talk about your weight loss and how the groom helps you, kind of. Yes. Um, and I do think at the end, like you said, short and sweet, it's supposed to be a toast, not a speech. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's turned into a speech. Yeah. And so the biggest thing I would say at the end of the day is if you ain't got nothing yeah. to use some poor grammar... Just go up there and from the heart say, super happy for you guys. Maybe one anecdote about why. Yeah. And here's a toast to them. Exactly. Yeah. And no one will complain. No, that, that, that's, yeah. uh, that's infinitely better than the person that sits there and reads a 20-minute speech. Yeah. Just because you did your homework doesn't mean any of us care. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you say it on a filibuster freestyle. Best man speech podcast, which you may change to wedding speech podcast. I gotta check with the Google search terms and see what's more popular. Because mm-hmm. we wanted something for the ladies, we want something for everybody. Mm-hmm. We're an equal opportunity speech investor. Yes. But anywho, guys, thanks for being on. Thank you. Coming to the studio. Yes, and thank you for Wine Wall and Dragons. Oh it yeah. Was a wonderful uh, series. I was uh, a advocate and a hardcore listener, so y'all did a good job. Appreciate it. Shout out to Dan O'Brien. We're still Dan trying to O'Brien. find out what we're gonna do with Dan next. I feel like his banter. It is uh, punditry. It's appreciated. Yes, very much. Um, as you guys can see from the books that are around my apartment, I was in super nerd zone yes. for my Game of Thrones, Wild Wall and Dragon duties. Mm-hmm. I've now ordered a, a prequel book because I just can't stop. <laughs> and um, I stopped. I'm really excited for whatever they come up with of a prequel because, not to turn this thing into something else, but really quickly, it can't be what this Game of Thrones just was. That's true. But it can still be good. It can. But will it get chewed up in the meat grinder for not being Game of Thrones? Probably. Probably. And I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, good luck with your wedding speeches if they're coming up soon.